and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Spark. And I'm Scott Eisberg. We are newlyweds who like to talk shit about movies. That's true. We do, we do do that. So this week, it's my turn to torture Scott with one of my movie choices that he has never seen. Yes. And uh, in picking the movie this week, I realized that, like, last week we did Mamma Mia. <laughs> And that was our episode, like, right before Halloween. So our Halloween, quote-unquote, episode... Is a week after. Mamma Mia, technically. but A, uh, a horror movie, while, while that was horrifying in its own right, Hugh Pierce Rostin singing. <laughs> Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. Whatever happened to our love, I wish I understood. Where did it go? <laughs> um, so I thought we should do a, a nice spoopy movie. Yes. For our, like, actual, for, like, an, an official Halloween episode, even though it's not Halloween anymore. So I, I decided to pick a horror movie yes. that I really enjoy uh, that Scotty's never seen. And that movie is Oculus, which came out in 2014. And uh, it was directed by Mike Flanagan, directed and written and edited by Mike Flanagan. And I thought that was even more appropriate because he's directed a, a couple of, well, quite a few horror movies yeah. up to this point, one of which being Hush, which is another movie that I told you to watch and you watched it on Netflix. And it was pretty awesome. Yes, he, he had that. He did... Uh... Ouija, Board of Evil. Yeah, and he did Gerald's Game, too, which I haven't seen, but I heard it's good. Um, and he also had uh, the big series Haunting of Hill House. Yes, on Netflix. But the reason that it's even more exciting that we're picking one of his movies is because he also wrote, directed, and edited Dr. Sleep, which is coming out November 8th, which I'm super excited about. I can't wait to see it. So, yeah, I was super excited to do a Mike Flanagan movie for this. I actually was between this or The Shining, because for some reason you've never seen The Shining, right? Yeah, I've never seen The Shining, yes. Yeah, so that was weird. But I couldn't, I thought it was on Netflix at one point, but I don't think it is anymore. So I was like, all right, let's go with Oculus then. <laughs> well, uh, overall, uh, the one thing I found interesting before like we really dive into the movie is uh, this is actually produced by not only Blumhouse, who now has a kind of a big deal with producing movies on a lower budget, Mm-hmm. But also WWE Studios. Yeah, that's a thing. I, I don't know why, but it is a thing. I, I, don't, um, I don't know. I, and it's funny because at this point, because what is this, 2013 you said? 2014 it came out in theaters. Okay, 2014. WWE Studios, regardless of the time frame. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that, but you're a WWE person, so. Yeah, most of their movie ventures or most of ventures outside of wrestling have not yielded great returns. <laughs> well, they have. Don't they have like a bunch of like movies with actual like wrestlers? In yeah, it? that's part of it. While I was thinking, like, I'm like, is there a wrestler who's gonna show up randomly in I this? And there isn't. I don't think so. As far as I know, there's no wrestlers in it. I didn't see any, so I couldn't really tell you. Uh, but yeah. Like this, I guess, was this was just one of those that they happened to be like, oh, yeah, we'll throw money behind it. Yeah, I don't know. What I thought was interesting about this was Flanagan wrote, I think, like, a short film. He, like, produced a short film with this 
premise and like after years of like trying to push it eventually studios were like make a feature out of it he said that like after the the short film was made studios wanted him to make like a found footage movie with this for those of you who don't know the the premise basically before we get into the nitty-gritty is like these two kids and their parents have like they move into a new house and they get this antique mirror and it's haunted question mark it's kind of ambiguous uh until the end <laughs> well <laughs> but haunted cursed yeah same difference but it's basically just a cursed object and it's it's a horror movie but uh supposedly like studios would because i guess paranormal activity at the time was so big and found footage was like the new thing they're like hey make this into a found footage movie and flanagan was like no i don't want to because it which i understand because like it's gimmicky and like it kind of takes away from the real heart of the story it does but in the same breath i guess he gave in at certain points because there are parts in this movie that are kind of found footagey um where really. Just certain little parts. It's like little things like where they go back to the footage or... Oh, well, yeah, but that's like... It's it's, not, it's, it's, it makes sense in the plot, though. It's it not does. Like it's a gimmick. Not, no, it's not like Cloverfield where it takes place at, where you're watching the movie yeah. or... So the thing with Mike Flanagan is like in the other movies that I've seen him do, and I have a feeling it's going to be the same thing in Doctor Sleep, which makes me happy. Like, he doesn't focus as much on like typical like scares like jump scares or like there are jump scares in this but they're few and far between i feel like and the the heart of it is like the the characters and like the psychological fuckery the tension yeah which i appreciate because it's like that in hush too where like it's not a typical horror movie and jump scare like normal scares kind of way it's more about like just the like tension and this being scared for the character yeah well dealing with the situation and with the same thing with hush because hush was kind of the same not same psychological uh it wasn't the same psychologically as oculus but it was like if you haven't seen hush go see hush but uh yeah because uh, that's the one movie we can compare it to right now because we more both of so- like uh like a, it's more of a thriller really than a horror movie i think hush but it is but we also in the same breath like we don't know in the mirrors, what causes the mirrors curse, blah, blah, blah. Right. We also didn't know why the killer in Hush was, was doing... doing what he was doing, yeah. Oh, so, that's true. And, and that's the thing about horror movies in general. That's why all these horror movies that have been coming out with, like, sequels after sequels. Or prequels. Or prequels, and, where yeah. it's like, you, oh, we need a backstory for right. this, this supernatural villain. And, like, no, yeah, you don't. You, you don't. You really don't. It, it's actually more scary when you don't know what the hell is going on. Right, because even in this, in Oculus, they have kind of a backstory for the mirror, which is supposedly cursed. But even in the the history or backstory that they go over, the de- they don't uh, mention yeah. where it originated from. They like we don't. There's no record of where it originated from, but it pops up you know, whatever, 1800s or whatever. Yeah, when the, it's named after the first guy who owned the mirror. Right. And that's literally all we know. We don't know anything about it. So, yeah, it's very ominous and mysterious. Indeed. I, I really like this movie. I saw it when it first came out, and 
I'm usually not like a horror movie chick, but um, I, I really enjoyed it for the psychological aspect of it. So I'm curious to know what you thought of it. Um, there were parts I liked about it. There were there's stuff I didn't like about it. Um, I gotta say, like, I never was scared, like scared, scared watching. I was like more when I first saw it. I was more like. I, I was more into it because of the psychological aspect, like I said, yeah. but I was more concerned for the characters and, like, I I wanted to figure out what the deal was. Yeah, it it was a lot more trying to figure out what was going yeah, on. It, it did more drag... the mystery aspect that I was into. Yeah, it did drag you into it. There was a lot of little things, like, as I'm watching it, certain parts were really dark and you couldn't really see certain things. Yeah, that might have just been, like, the TV. Or it might have been the TV. It might have been easier if you if Unfortunately, I don't have a large television. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're working with what we got here, people. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Because there was a couple of times, I haven't seen this in a long time, but there were a couple of times when I was watching, I was like, oh, wait, what's going on? So yeah, I get that. There, sure. there was a couple of points. But that might have just been technical. That might have just been technical, but uh, there was a couple of weird little like things like I saw that, that, that don't bother me, but as I'm looking at it, because like, at one point, uh, <laughs> random scene, she closes the door behind her and they pan over to a plant. I'm like, well, because the plants are dying. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's I understood that later, but at the time, before, yeah. before we knew all that, I'm like, why did we just pan over <laughs> to this plant? That seemed really it's odd. It's supposed <laughs> to be a thing, Scott. Okay, so let's get into this. Okay, so we open up on these uh, two young kids mm-hmm. hiding from a guy with a gun in the house. The guy comes up to the girl to shoot the girl, and then we cut to a mental hospital because the you pan up and you see this like 21 year old kid with the gun yes. and then you cut to that 21 year old kid in a mental hospital mm-hmm. and it turns out that, that kid is Tim mm-hmm. and he is being released from the mental hospital and his doctor is basically saying like oh you're free of your delusions like you know you take responsibility for what you did and it's not clear, like, what exactly he did yeah. yet. We're going to get there, but it's, yeah. And the doctor tells him, like, you mean you're going to be released now? You can start your new life. You, it's important that you, you know, reconnect with your sister, who is the little girl yes. in the in the opening, and that is Kaylee. So these two are our main characters, Kaylee and Tim. Kaylee is played by Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. who was Amy in Doctor Who. I know her from Doctor Who. Scruggedy man, I remember you, and you are late for my wedding! Um, but most people probably would know her from Guardians of the Galaxy. She plays Nebula. Yes. Well, hello, boys. <laughs> it's not right. Um, and she's she's awesome. I liked her in this. Yeah. She's just awesome all around. She is. Uh, and then Tim is played by Brenton Thwaites. Who's, I think, less known, uh, but maybe a little more well-known now. I don't know. But um, he played Henry Turner in the new, the newer Pirates movie. Okay. I know him from that. Um, but also, he plays uh, Dick Grayson in the new Titans series on DC uh, streaming service. <laughs> he plays Dick Grayson. <laughs> I thought you'd find that interesting. Oh, God. So he got, to go, he got to say the famous line in the trailer to Titans. Fuck that man. Fuck them. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. Oh, God, that's so, great. So, um, just to start us off, I think they both did a good job in this. 
Yeah, they did. Um, at one point, they joked around that just because of how Tim's hair looked and he was in the green shirt, I'm like, he kind of looked like a discount Shaggy Rogers. Oh my just gosh. about the soul patch. Not really, but all right. <laughs> just the, there was a certain shot. I really think we're keeping with the spoofiness. <laughs> it's shaggy. <laughs> it was just, it was one certain shot in the movie. I don't even remember where it was, but it was like, he like turned really. I'm like, oh my god, he kind of looks like a discount shaggy. Oh um, god, okay. But in the in the mental, yeah, they, they both did amazing. They both yeah, did they both very did good. good. I actually, as the movie progresses and they get more unhinged. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what's true, what's false. Yeah, that's, I love, okay, go ahead. <laughs> it, it's really cool, and they deliver it very well, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, in the mental hospital, because I found it hysterical, because he's like, oh yeah, you're the guy holding the gun, and you shoot the girl. We'll let you go. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, but um, I think there's a lot to be said for the younger actors, too, because I feel like child actors get a bad rap. Oh, yeah. Uh, generally, a lot of the times, rightfully so, but I feel like in this, they did a great job. Young Kaylee is played by Annalise Basso, and young Tim is played by Garrett Ryan. They show up multiple times throughout the film, more and more as we go on, because there are a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, uh, honestly, that was one of the parts where I, I, I understood what he was doing. Right. But I almost felt like it was too much. I disagree. I completely disagree with that, but uh, but it's a certain point. I mean, where, we'll get to it when we get there, but um, there because certain points, it's flashing back, flashing forward, flashing back, flashing forward. But the more that's the whole point, though. I know I understand it's the point, but there were some certain points where I'm like, where the hell are we yes, right now? Yes, that's precisely the intent that was. Yeah, <laughs> because as they're getting more and more unhinged throughout the story, they keep flashing back to the past, and like you don't know. They, they think they're in the past or the, in the present. Like, you don't know where they are. So you get displaced as well. Like, so that's how it's supposed to be, I think. But um, but we'll get there. <laughs> so Tim is getting released. We cut to an auction house where an older 23-year-old Kaylee works. Again, played by Karen Gillan. And uh, we see this antique mirror uh, referred to as the Lasser Glass. And it's being sold as Haley is kind of just watching it. So the mirror is sold and she ends up leaving to go pick up Tim from the mental Mitch, hospital. The mirror was sold for $16,000. A broken mirror for $16,000. Oh, yeah, there is a crack in the in the bottom of the mirror, which we will also get to. But yeah, that's the first thing Scott says. Like, wait, they bought a broken mirror for $16,000? I'm like, it's an antique. Still... <laughs> I wish I had that much money to be like... You uncultured swine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll buy a broken mirror for 15 k <laughs> So Kaylee picks him up from the hospital. They have lunch. And they're just... They're talking, kind of catching up. It's implied that they've kind of been estranged for a while because... Um, while Tim... For a period while Tim was at the hospital, Kaylee wasn't permitted to, like, see him. And Tim's like, you know, I just had to work stuff out i had to get my shit together basically um so katie's like you know i understand whatever okay so i found it i found the mirror and it's in the auction house we have to destroy it and tim's like what the fuck uh so it's implied basically that Kaylee thinks that 
there's something wrong with this mirror supernaturally and him does not he you know he believes oh, yes. that um it was just in their heads because they were kids and we'll, we'll get there um yes. so we get a flashback the first of many flashbacks yes. to young kaylee and young tim moving into this new house with their mom and dad they also did a good job in this the mom and dad the mom is played by Hayes sackoff and uh, the dad is played by Rory Cochran. And he's a guy I've seen in a lot of things. Yeah. And he's kind of one of those character actors who pop. He likes to be the dad in a lot of things, too. I feel like I've seen him as the dad before. I think Or a dad-like so. character. I think so. I can't remember where, but I've seen him in that he role He seems before. like that type, though, that would be a dad <laughs> character. So um, you see the movers. The, the whole fa- the family's moving into this house. And you see the movers bring in this antique mirror mm-hmm. and put it in the dad's office. Yes. So, yeah. Ugh, so that's Just knowing what's going to happen, it's like, ugh. Okay. So, yeah, that's how the mirror gets there. They have a right. mini little, like, oh, were you, you going to tell me you spent and bought money on a mirror? And that's kind of the whole scene, really. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to present day. Kaylee brings Tim to a motel this day. Um she offered to for him to stay in their house with her and her fiance, but he was like, I don't think, because he's like questioning if Kaylee's in her right mind, basically. Yeah. So she basically tells him, listen, I'm destroying this mirror. I'm doing it tomorrow night. I would really want you to help me. And she just leaves. So then we cut to Kaylee has like this nightmare, basically, about this mirror and her fiance is with her and he calms her down. He's like, it's okay. You know, just had a night terror. It's okay. Implying that like, this is something that not just Tim has struggled with, but Kaylee has also struggled with for a very long time. This whole thing, with this mirror and her parents, whatever happened. Wait, was that Kaylee or was that her mother? What? No, Kaylee. What do you mean? But didn't her mother have a night terror? No, that was Kaylee. That was Kaylee and the fiance. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I thought that was the mother. I'm like, okay. No, no. Uh, okay. Sorry, redheads. <laughs> so Kaylee sets it up so the mirror is going to get transferred somewhere for repairs, quote-unquote, but she fully intends to kind of abscond with it and destroy it. Um, and this is where, like, little things kind of start happening. Like, I like this movie partly because of, like, the atmospheric, like, tone of it. Like, you just see, like, little things in the mirror or, you know, like... um Throughout the movie, Tim and Kaylee will see things that we, they think are there, but then they turn around and it's not there. Yeah. Which seems like the typical horror movie things, but also at the same time, it fits in perfectly with the story because you're questioning the entire time if they're psychologically all there. Yeah, if they're sane or not. Um, so Tim eventually calls Kaylee and... You know, they want to, he wants to talk to her, but Kaylee's like, okay, meet me at the house. Meet me at our family's house, our old family house where we grew up. Yeah, Tim kind of freaks. <laughs> yeah, basically. The buildup in this is, is really nice because we get flashbacks progressively throughout the movie. And like we've said already, they get progressively more and more as the movie goes on. But the sporadic ones in the beginning kind of build up the 
situation I guess that they're in like okay is this mirror in my dad's office affecting him to where he's like losing his mind or is he just already crazy and it's just like a totally human thing so we get uh the next flashback is Kaylee and Tim are playing outside as kids Kaylee looks in the window to her dad's office and she sees a woman in the mirror and she's like what the fuck and then later on that night at like family dinner mom cooks this whole dinner they sit down and, you know they're talking and um the dad is like biting his nails to the point where they're like starting to bleed yeah and the uh Kaylee asks the dad like hey who was that lady in your office and he's like oh there's no one what are you talking about there's no woman in my yeah office. well it was funny because, like, both the mother, at least this, the mother and the father, both like, there's somebody in the office. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like almost yeah. like Ugh. it was like a joke. Yeah. But then, like later on, like when Tim and Kaylee are talking about it, he's like, uh, she's like, oh, what about the woman in the office? And he's like, it was just another woman. Like he was having an affair. Like, what do you mean? Like, so there's throughout the whole movie, you get like a supernatural explanation for things and like a what? common explanation yeah. for things, and you don't really know what's what. Because, like, these were little kids, so, like, maybe they did, like, cook stuff up in their brain to, like, yeah. help them cope with it. Like, you don't know. Yeah, uh, um, they actually said it at some point, uh, where is it? I have it, because uh, they brought Tim, Tim had a, the fuzzy traces theory, which sounds... Interesting. <laughs> it, it's, but I, I looked it up real quick, because uh, I just, I wanted to. It was a theory... Pr- Proposed by Charles Brainerd and Valerie Efrena. Oh, it's actually real. Okay. It's a it's a real theory and about cognitive and false memories and stuff. So it's actually okay. a very real theory proposed by two real people. It, <laughs> it, um, and I, I found it interesting. I'm like, oh wow! So they actually took a real world thing, right? And put it because they could have gone with like, but no, it's a real thing, even yeah, though it's a dumbass I mean, name. <laughs> I mean, false memories is a real thing. Yeah, but there's a whole theory of it. Right, yeah. Okay, so um, back to present day. Kaylee and Tim are carrying the mirror into their old house where they used to live and putting it right in the dad's old, what used to be the dad's office. Yes. And in this room, because Kaylee bought the house. Yes, when she was like... When she... I don't even know how one could do that when they're like 18. Well, they said the house was on the market. Uh Uh-huh. The whole time while she was a kid. Right. And nobody bought it because, I'm assuming, Cause people a, a were murder murdering. house. Yeah. Um, it isn't like today where there are murderinos all over the place. And Spoilers. Two people were murdered in the house. Guess who they were? <laughs> yeah. uh, so people were murdered in the house and no one bought the house. So she's like, and since it technically would go to her anyway because it's her parents' house, right. they bought so it. She, yeah. So okay. she's just kind of... So that makes sense. Okay, so... In the dad's old office where they put the mirror, well, well, okay, let me explain the whole outfit. So, yeah, it's it's a setup. (laughs) It's a whole fucking thing. So Kaylee basically set up this whole situation to document her trying to prove that the mirror is evil, cursed, haunted, evil, whatever you want to call it. So she goes through the whole history of the mirror and how it went from different people yes. throughout history from like the 1800s yes. to now and how several people have 
died suspiciously while in possession yes. of this mirror. She yes, we get we get a big exposition dump. <laughs> yeah, but like it doesn't bother me because usually exposition exposition dumps are kind of like a drag. But it didn't bother me because it, it it felt like it fit. It did. I'm just saying that's just what this was yeah, right now. It, was... it, it worked for what it was, which I feel like it's hard to do to make it work to the point where like people aren't like falling asleep. But it worked for me. So Kaylee then explains this whole setup she's got. She's got uh, she's got computers. It was probably because of her frantic energy because she was what? frantic while she's doing this. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And she's like saying it, and he's getting like. What oh yeah, Tim's Tim's getting upset because he's like, "You're sick! Like, what's wrong with you?" And she's just getting more and more like yeah. this, 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 this. Right, right. Okay, so. Sorry, I interrupted you. Train the frog. No, it's well. fine. I, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, oh, so the setup. Okay, yes. the setup is she's got these computers testing like the temperature to see like temperature changes. Um. She's got a dog and plants set up everywhere. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> she's got, like, water and canned food and, like, fruit and stuff to, like, keep them hydrated. Um, and, like, alarms set up to, like, so they... Because I guess when she's afraid of, like, losing time with the mirror. So yeah. she's like, these alarms will go off and we'll be sure to eat and stay hydrated. Well, yeah, because uh, certain people died... From dehydration. Dehydration yeah. or starving. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. And then she's got this anchor set up on the roof. And Tim's like, what the fuck is that? And she said, if we don't reset the time, it's set on a timer. And if we don't reset the timer every 30 minutes, the anchor is going to fall and hit the mirror. Yeah, like a fail safe. Hanging on the wall. So she's like, the, the mirror won't kill us because we have a loaded gun to its head, basically, is what she said. So it's an interesting theory, but it kind of gets debunked <laughs> throughout the uh, towards the end of the movie. Okay, so Tim is really upset about all this. He's like trying to talk Kaylee out of it, basically saying like this is crazy. We it's not real. We just made up the scary story to accept the fact that our father was a murderer. And she slaps him. She's like, "Don't talk about our dad like that." Yeah. So they're clearly on very opposite sides of this, and. Slowly but surely, they kind of, it's it's almost like they switch. Like, Kaylee, for, like, a little bit, starts believing that maybe this isn't real, and it is all made up, and she is crazy, and then, by the end of it, Tim is fully believing that yeah. this is real, and well, the mirror is haunted. Well, it's also, there's uh, another failsafe uh, that... Her... Oh, right, yes. Uh, Kaylee has her fiancé, Michael, calling her every like hour on every the hour. hour on the hour and he calls seven minutes late the first time and she's like can you, can you try yeah, and call me call on the hour i'm like oh god i'm um, like I, i'm sitting there thinking he has to think she's a little nuts at this point i mean i'm <laughs> sure she did already I mean, he did already but so basically we've established at this point that what happened was the mom went crazy dad shot mom and then Tim, Tim shot. shot dad. Yes. And then we don't Tim know was these... institutionalized. Right. And we don't know all the details behind it. We get them as we go further. But this is what we know as of right now. So Tim. Oh, and we also get a thing where Tim says he's going to smash the mirror. And Kaylee's like, oh, go ahead, smash it. And he goes to, like, he picks up a chair and he's going to smash it. And then he just puts the 
chair down and starts talking to Kaylee again. She's like, why did you put the chair down? And he's like, cause I want to talk to you. But she's like, no, the mirror made you put it down. So it's like this weird, like psychological fuckery. This whole yeah. He's like, I don't want you to get in trouble right. for and go to jail for destruction of property. Or... Right. Because it's, you know, technically she's stealing this mirror. Right from now. Job. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we get uh, another flashback to their childhood. The dad is sitting in his office and he starts, like, picking at the Band-Aid on his finger from when he... From before, like, yeah. Yeah, from when he pulled his fingernail or, like, made his finger bleed. Uh, but then it cuts to him actually pulling his fingernail off. So you, it's like, it kind of fucks with... It's implying that the mirror is, like, fucking with his head. Well, yeah, because he takes it off and suddenly it's back on his finger. Right. And then he, then he takes it off with a... With a with a stapler remover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like. And then he's like, wait, his and he's, he's like, bleeding like. Yeah. And then it's back on his finger. It's great. Yeah, it's weird. And then he looks over and he sees a bunch of books scattered on the floor, and he's like, "Oh, kids, I thought I told you to stay out of here. Why are you throwing shit all?" Over? And the kids are like, "No, we didn't do that. Like, why would we do that?" And he's like, "We'll just stay out of my office." And then, oh, and he says, "And if you've been messing with your mom's plants, stop doing that too." Which starts the whole thing about, like, oh, the, the mirror is, like, killing the plants. Because yeah. in... She mentions it in the history, too. That, like, the plants... Whenever the mirror is in somebody's house, the plants are all dead. So they establish the plants are a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they establish the dogs are a thing. Yes. So in the flashback, we see their dog, Mason, who's, like, this big yellow lab. And he's, like, acting weird. He ends up biting the mom at one point, mm-hmm. And he's, like, upset. He's always barking at the office door. At, or when he's outside, he lays down. He's sickly. Right. So they have a thing where, like, according to Kaylee, mom put, like, locked the dog in the dad's office. Mm-hmm. And when the dad came home from work or whatever, he goes in the office and the dog's gone. The yes. dog disappeared. And Kaylee's like, see, that that proves that the, the mirror was Ate the dog. consuming the dog for, like, energy or whatever. And Tim's like, no, don't you remember, like, the dog the dog was sick. Like, the dog was put down. That's like, Yeah, Dad took the dog about? to the vet, and the vet didn't, and the dog didn't come back. And Kaylee's like, do you remember that, or are you just, like, yeah. thinking that, or the doctors tell you that, or whatever. Like, she, you know, he... Then he goes off on this, like, whole thing, like, oh, it's just a psychological condition, da-da-da-da, and she's like, what are you taught? Like, what did they do to you? Like, so, yeah. Uh, we also got a point where the mirror talks to the mother over the, fa- like, in the father's voice. Oh, yeah, because they they have, like, a little fight, and then she leaves the room, and she hears him saying, you grotesque cow, like, nasty, like, whispering about her. And she turns around, and she's like, what did you just say? And he's like, I didn't say anything. Yeah. And then she looks at the mirror, like, what the fuck? Like, it's all, like, focused on the mirror for some, like, you know. Which, if it was just, like, a human thing, like, why would you be drawn to the mirror like that? Like, thinking that it was doing something. I don't know. So, then you cut back to reality, like, the, the present. And Haley has this dog who she didn't name, she just calls it Dog, and you realize why she didn't name it, because she's planning on basically sacrificing it to this mirror. That's she puts point. it, Yeah, she puts it in the cage, covers the cage, 
and puts it in front of the mirror and just leaves it there. And Ken's like, what are you doing? And, like, at some point, you hear the dog, like, whimpering. So you think, like, is the mirror actually killing the dog? Or is he just scared? Like, what the fuck? Eventually, they're arguing, Tim and Kaylee. You saw Mom put the dog in the office on a number of occasions. My God, what did they do to you? Way before Dad forbade anyone else from going in the office. Those traces fused with your memory of that day. I feel sorry for you. Okay, what's more likely? That you're misremembering events from 11 years ago? Or that the mirror eats dogs? Tim just lets the dog go. Like, just lets the dog outside. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, you're sick. Like, you, you have to stop this. And she, she starts crying. She doesn't know. Like, you almost think that he's convincing her, like, you're sick and you need help. So he's like, we can just leave right now. We can go and we can just talk about this. Like, we don't have to stay here. So she's like, okay. She goes to the room, back to the room where the mirror is, and she's like, there it is. She sees, so she put plants in the room. Their plants are all dead. And I think there's something else. And the cameras have been moved. Oh, to face the cameras, each other. the cameras were moved. Uh, the cameras were moved to all face each other and not the mirror. So she's like, what the fuck? And then she looks back at the, at the footage. Because there's a third camera. Up top, yeah. And she looks back at the footage and she sees herself and Tim physically moving the cameras to face each other. But she's like, I don't remember doing that to you. And he's like, no. So it's like, mm, oh boy. Oh, that's not good. So, but again, it's on camera footage. So you're still kind of questioning as the audience, like, okay, are they both fucking crazy? <laughs> like, what the fuck? So then we get another flashback. The mom is becoming more and more unhinged. And I like how they set this up because at one point, she's just, like, cleaning the dad's office, and you just see her, like, staring at the mirror and, like, totally entranced kind of by it. Mm. And then you see them sitting down for dinner again, like, as a family, quote-unquote, but it's not really, because what went from the four of them all, like, laughing and joking around together and eating this prepared meal goes from that to the mom sitting with a glass of wine, like, Clearly, she'd been crying and just like a plate of burnt toast in the middle of the table. The dad's gone somewhere. She's like, I don't know where he is. I know where he says he is. And the kids are like really uncomfortable and like don't know what's going on. Uh, and then Tim says while he's at the table, young Tim, he's like, I saw the girl again in the office. But again, he thinks that yeah, older Tim's, his dad's just having an affair. Yeah, that's what older Tim says. He's like, oh, he's, he was just a cheater. Mm-hmm. And then we get uh, the mom going into the office, and she's really upset. She she's like, con you know, she seems convinced that the dad's having an affair at this yes. point. She throws some stuff around. She throws something at the wall by the mirror, and then she has this like weird reaction. Yeah. And then she looks into the mirror and sees herself, but her eyes are white, and her stomach has a big scar across it, and she's like, like screaming, and the kids are like mom what's wrong and then all of a sudden she turns around and she starts strangling tim young tim and then yeah it, kaylee pulls her off of him and they run away and she chases him up the stairs yeah at this point you're really starting like you it's not scary but you're like feeling yeah, it at this point you're feeling like the the fear for these kids uh the, uh, the cuts between past and future are starting to get more and more frequent. More and yeah. more frequent. So, but um, so 
again, you don't know if the mom is genuinely crazy or if she's actually experiencing these things with the mirror. But the dad comes home and kind of restrains the mom. He literally chokes her yeah, out. Yeah, he, like, puts her in a chokehold and, you know, just tells the kids, like, just stay in your room. Like, everything's fine. He goes to make a phone call to the... Oh, right. He ma- he goes to make a phone call and you hear, like, staticky, like, whoosh, 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 on the phone. And it's implied that, like, the mirror is, like, affecting the phone. Electronics now. Yeah. Which is why when Kaylee first, like, introduces her, like, little setup, she takes all the phones and puts them away. And she's like, we're not going to use our phones in this house. Like, don't touch them because they could fuck with the phones. Um, so. Even though they immediately shades that and Tim starts fucking with his phone. Well, yeah, because, well, he tries to go outside, but that's a whole thing. So, yes, he tells the kids that she's sick and that uh, they need to stay out of their bedroom. And the kids are, like, very concerned. They're like, what's going on? In another flashback, we see the dad just, like, staring at the mirror. And the kids are, like, they go into the office and, like, Dad, there's no food in the house. We need to go grocery shopping. And he's just, like, totally dazed. Like, he's not really paying attention. We need to go grocery shopping, Dad. What's that, princess? Food. That's on my list. Kaylee's like, we need to get a doctor for mom. Like, she's sick. I know, dear. It's, it's on my list. Yeah, he's just totally out of it. So Kaylee decides she's going to go into mom's room and try to see her mom because she's freaking out, basically. Cause she doesn't know what's going on with her dad. So she goes into the room and she sees, like, a smashed plate on the floor. So she goes over and she sees her mom, like, jump out at her and she's chained by her neck to the wall. Yes. She's and she's by, like rabbit. She just seems like an animal. Like, yeah, she. It's it's crazy because at one point earlier in the movie, Tim sees a chain to the wall. Oh yeah, and, she's like a, a bracket on the wall. So and then it disappears. Yeah. So you're like. So it's now we're connecting to other pieces we've seen throughout the movie, and like gaining knowledge. Like, like it's been this mirror has clearly been fucking with their heads. Right, and uh, Kaylee and Tim like they try to call doctors to come and help them and like they all tell them like oh you should have your father call so that's more like evidence that like the mirror is fucking with the phones you should have your father call and she goes and they call multiple doctors and they say it's the same voice of every doctor even though they call different well, they doctors. Did, no they say just like the last one meaning like they say they have your father call oh okay i thought i thought it meant like it was the same voice cause I, I don't feel think like... so i mean it could be i don't know but um And then, like, Kaylee tries to basically run away and get help, but then... Oh, yeah, so the neighbor just brings her back, and Dad's like, oh, you know, she's just acting out because her mom's sick. You know how how teenage girls are. And uh, I like this shot because they, like, pan over, and you see the Dad's hand, like, leaning up against the doorframe, and all his fingernails are, like, pulled out and bloody. And it's like, oh, it's getting worse. (laughs) They really don't have any way of, like, getting outside help here. So they, Haley basically tells Tim, young Tim, that she's like, we have to be brave now. We have to figure this out ourselves. But uh, then we go back to present day. And Haley's like, okay, we have to stay out of the office now because the mirror is, like, affecting the office. So they go, like, into, like, the living room kitchen-y area. And they have, like, lights set up in there because like the power like goes out at 
at one point. So they, they are like setting up like generator lights. And um, Haley like is setting it up. She puts down, she's eating an apple. She puts down the apple. Oh, yeah. Screws in a light bulb. And then but the light bulb goes out, screws in another light bulb, then grabs the apple and takes a bite of it. And it's, she's holding the light bulb. Yeah. And she has, like, a piece of glass in her throat, and she's bleeding out her mouth, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, Tim walks in, and she's like, he's like, Haley, what's wrong? And then she's like, and then she has the apple in her hand, yeah. and she's not bleeding at all. So, it, it, all psychological fuckery is happening. Oh, yeah. I just really like that scene, because it's, like, just the perfect, like, little microcosm of what the fuck is happening. Yeah, because they have a bunch of points where... They're, they're walking through the house and they're seeing things from their past and mm-hmm. different people are seeing, like Tim's seeing certain things, she's seeing certain things, and the line is getting extremely blurred, like, where we are right, right. now. Kaylee sees, like, broken plates on the floor, like yeah. shattered plates. So she's like, what the fuck? She takes out her phone, she holds up the phone camera to the floor and sees that there's no broken plates there. So she's like, okay, so they're not really there. Like, the mirror's tricking me. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, she looks up, and she sees, like, basically, like, her mom, like a ghost mom, standing there. She scares Kaylee, so Kaylee stabs her in the neck. Well, earlier before that, she kicked the pot and broke the pot. Right. Now, that's what... She ended up, because she reached down to pick up one of the glass pieces because it looked weird. Mm-hmm. It was the pot, that right. part of the pot that got broken. That's why when she went, to, I was like, what did she stab? Oh, yeah, she stabbed with a piece of the... With a piece of the pot. Right. So she stabs her mom, and then she looks up again, and it's her fiancé. And he's, like, bleeding and, like, choking on his own blood, and then he dies. So she's like, wait wait, it's a trick. And Tim comes in, he's like, oh my god, like, he sees him too, so she's like, wait, wait. She gets a phone call. She picks up the phone, it's her fiancé checking in. And she's like, I'm fine, you know, whatever, I'm good. She hangs up the phone, and then she's like, see, it's a trick. Then she takes her phone, and she holds it up to him, and he's there. So she's like, no, it's real, I killed him, and she starts breaking down and crying. But we still don't, even to this point, I'm not even sure he's dead. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's questionable because you see him later kind of as a zombie sort of like, ghost situation. Like, but hypothetically, if... You don't know if it's real or not. If uh, Deadbeat ever covered this movie and they did this, like, I don't know how, like, is he dead? Is he not dead? Is he... Yeah, Deadbeat would have a problem with this, I feel like. Welcome to the Kill Count, where we tally up the victims in all our favorite horror movies. I'm James A. Janice. <laughs> But, I, yeah, it's questionable. But anyway, the whole movie's questionable. Yeah. <laughs> you, you question everything, basically. But for, for the purposes of this, the boyfriend's dead. <laughs> the fiancé. So, so Tim goes outside with Kaylee. They try to call for help. Mm-hmm. And the, what's it called? And they do, they do call for help. Yeah, well, they end up calling for help, but then... You look inside, and they see themselves in the house. So they're like, oh, are we in there? Are we out here? What the fuck? Oh, no, it's tricking us to try to go back in. But then Tim calls again, 911. Yes. 
and the operator says, you should have your father call. Yeah. So they're like, fuck, it's like the mirror's fucking with us. So, okay, we got to go back in. And the dad, this is where, this is where shit gets crazy because this is where like, it really starts to be like, they don't know where they're at or when they're at. Like the, the past and the present just becomes totally like enmeshed with each other. Yes. Um, almost like parallel, like events happening. It may seem like too much to someone like Scott. (laughs) Well, no, this point, like, or to anyone really, but like it, I feel like the intent is to confuse you and make you question everything even more. No, this at this point, I'm. This point, I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. It was like earlier on, like there was like certain parts that I was like, "Do we really need to cut to this point in this fight or this?" But like this one, yeah. At this point, I I did understand. Like, yeah, it's a lot. It's very intense, mm-hmm. and I. I understand that was probably Mike Flanagan's thinking when he directed this and how right. cuz you have no clue what the hell is going on mm-hmm. uh cuz at one point in the middle of this the father shoots Tim or shoots at Tim but the father's dead and you're like he shoots at adult Tim right. well that's the thing like you see like the past and the present completely like intertwining with each other like Adult Tim is being chased at one point by the past, like his father, who, like from his past, and then at one point, Kaylee is running through the house and escapes the house as young Kaylee, but then she comes back into the house to find Tim as adult Kaylee. So it's all very, it it sounds confusing when we're explaining it, and maybe watching it, it could be confusing. But like I feel like the style of it, it it makes sense for what the plot is throughout the entire movie we're questioning if these people are genuinely insane or if there's the supernatural entity that's fucking with them so we do have a flashback to the past dad is just basically looking at the mirror and he takes out a gun and the kids are like very scared there at this point the, the kids are convinced that the mirror is fucking with them their lives basically and like screwing with their parents um, so they're like we have to smash the mirror yes at, at this point though I'm also, I also wrote down they must be starving because they said all of this happened when their mother went crazy within two weeks of them getting the mirror right because they mentioned it earlier so I'm like so they ran out of food and the father hasn't been buying food for them so th- at some point these two kids have to be like fully starving yeah I mean that's that's Which true. also adds to the, like, did they see it when they were younger? Did they not? Are they just hallucinating because the father was abusive, hypothetically, you know? Right, yeah. So we see the dad go into his bedroom with the mom, and he releases her from her chains. And the mom basically chases the kids into this closet. And we kind of go back and forth, too, between, like, past and present, because Kaylee and Tim, adult Kaylee and Tim are also in like in a closet because I think their dad is chasing them. Yes. So it's like very parallel like to past and present. The kids run out to escape in from the closet. Kaylee hits her mom with like a, a, a golf club. A golf club and 
she jumps out the window, but she realizes that Tim's gone. So she's like, oh, I gotta go back in. So she goes back in, and like I said, it's like adult Kaylee for a second, and then it kind of goes back and forth. But then you go back to the kids. Kaylee's going through the living room looking for Tim, and the mom pops up and starts strangling Kaylee. And this is like a really, I think it's a pretty powerful moment because she, the mom is literally over the daughter strangling her. And for like a brief second, you kind of see the mom's eyes brighten up and she's like she says Kaylee Kaylee and like you think that she kind of but, snapped out of whatever she's under whether it's the mirror or just her insanity and she snaps out of it and lets go of Kaylee and then right as she lets go the dad comes from behind and shoots, shoots her and uh Kaylee runs away with Tim and they go to the office as the dad is shooting the mom two more times yeah the kids run to the office, and they start hitting the, the mirror. With golf clubs. Yeah. yeah. And they realize, like, oh, shit, it's not breaking. They, like, it's totally untouched. So that's kind of, I mean, again, it, they could just be crazy and making up shit in their head. But, I mean, it's kind of leaning towards this thing is, this mirror is supernaturally yeah. fucked. Yeah, because I, I think that there was a cut there where it shows him just kind of standing in front of the mirror, just holding the golf clubs. Like, yeah. they wanted to swing at it, but they couldn't. Right. Because at one point, they did mention in the past that some guy was like, this mirror has to be destroyed. And then they, like, people were around him and just stood there. And he stood there just staring at the mirror. Right. So, the dad comes into the room, and he holds the gun on Kaylee, and she has a really, like, that the kid actors are really really good because the young Kaylee just looks at her dad and is like this isn't you and she's like crying and it's just like oh breaks your heart and then the dad's like no this is me basically like I'm the devil and this is me and I'm your like you know scary yeah uh, but then young Tim comes out of nowhere with the golf club knocks the gun out of the dad's hand uh, but then the dad just goes goes to strangle Kaylee again. And then Tim comes from behind, he picks up the gun, and he shoots his dad. And when he shoots his dad, his dad goes backwards and hits the mirror, and that's where the little crack in the mirror comes from, when the dad hit the mirror. Um, so then uh. they had a really cool moment where, like, the kids, like, start hearing this, like, really blaring noise, and they crouch down and cover their ears, and they're like, it's not real, it's not real. And then all of a sudden like snap back to the present and Tim is just crouched down in front of the mirror screaming it's not real and the alarm is going off um I think it's the alarm to like yeah. eat or something one it, it's one of those alarms, alarms yeah so um and Kaylee's nowhere to be seen yeah Kaylee's Kaylee's missing so he's he's calling for her and like she's nowhere to be found and then you see Kaylee's kind of still stuck in the past in her head so young Kaylee in the office with the mirror she turns around and she sees her mom in the mirror totally normal like come here honey and like she's holding out her arms like to hug her so Kaylee goes young Kaylee goes up to the mirror and she hugs her mom it's it's a cool shot but then you cut back to present day Tim goes to like the fail safe where you can like let the anchor go to hit the mirror yeah and he hits it, and he's like, I'm just going to destroy this thing and be done with it. 
So he lets go of the anchor, swings, hits the mirror, and you don't see it hit the mirror. You just see Tim's face go from, like, relief to sheer horror because he realizes that his sister, Kaylee, is there. Adult Kaylee is standing in front of the mirror. With an anchor in the back of her head. Yeah, and she's bleeding and she's she's dying. And it's, ugh, it's, they did such a good job because Tim is just, like, screaming for Kaylee, like, Kaylee, Kaylee. You know, it's it's real. Like he really killed her, and you know, ugh, it's it's that's why I like movies like this because I feel like horror movies in general they tend to kind of underdevelop their characters just for the sheer purpose of like you know yeah. it's not really about the characters it's about them just getting axed off well, or it's getting also- scared or whatever. But in this, like you care about these kids who are now oh, adults yeah. and just have been totally traumatized and by this whole thing and you want them to be okay but now like well, everything's 10 times worse well it's also a lot of horror movies are about like a body count they have yeah. like eight or nine characters and it's really hard to be like oh let's introduce eight or nine characters and have you care about eight or nine separate characters that are so it's easier to fall back on stereotypes with like oh jason's just gonna kill these nine random freaking people Right. We only really have to care about one. And it's funny because, like, they did kind of foreshadow her... Yes, getting... Getting kind of I was gonna bring killed by the anchor. At one point, when Kaylee and Tim are in the house, like, she's kind of, like, she, leaning up against the mirror. She's kind of, like, da- like dazed and, like, dozing off, kind of. And then she kind of jerks awake, and she realizes that the timer is about to go off on the anchor. So she, like, runs and sets it again. And she's like... She looks at the mirror. She's like, clever. Clever girl. Almost got me. Like, yeah. But then, you know, it, I I thought that was interesting. And now, so she's now been anchored in the back of the head. Yeah. The cops show. And then show. you hear the, the, the sirens and you're like, oh God, the cops really are coming. And this is a good part too, because like it, again, kind of goes back and forth and kind of, you see the parallels between their childhood and now. After... Both her, after both their parents are killed, the cops come, and you see the cops taking young Tim because, like, he shot his dad, so he's like, okay, we're gonna take you away. But before they get separated, they promise each other, like, don't forget, don't forget what happened here. We have to destroy this mirror. Like, we have to, we have to do this. We don't forget. Don't forget. And they promise each other that they're going to destroy it together before they're separated. Um, and adult Tim's also being arrested. Yeah, and now you go back to the, to the present and adult Tim is being arrested and screaming that it was, it was the mirror, it wasn't him, he didn't kill her. But meanwhile, the cops look at the footage that was in the house. Yeah. And it clearly, it clearly shows... Kaylee standing in front of the mirror. And Tim hitting the button. Right. So, again, you you do kind of question it still. You want to believe that it's the supernatural entity that has destroyed these kids' lives. But then, again, you still kind of sort of question it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like towards the end, it's basically like it's trying to imply heavily that it is this mirror. 
but at the same time, you still do kind of wonder. You can make an argument for either, which I I like. I like ambiguity. It, it, it's definitely good, the ambiguity of it. I did write at the end, though, I was like, when he shot his father, mm-hmm. I'm like, the father would have uh, trace amounts of, uh, oh God, the uh, powder on his hands from shooting the gun right. at the mother. So you could theorize, and he would also have a bruise from. Well, they didn't say that the kids, like the Tim shot the mom. No, 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 no. But Tim probably wouldn't have gone to jail. Young Tim wouldn't have been probably institutionalized because I'm assuming that's what it was. Like he went to well, kind no, of no, yeah, they probably institutionalized him because it's. I mean, obviously you you shot some, you shot your own father. Like obviously you need therapy for that. Well, I assumed it was more. <laughs> well, I assumed it was more because more like he almost played. But he was probably because you know what it is. He was probably screaming about this mirror and like they thought he was crazy. Maybe that probably was more right to pledge sanity. And the father did kneel down to get shot, so it kind of could be an assassination kind of looking. Well, yeah, because the dad, before Tim shot him, he kneeled down, kind of, and I think they were trying to imply that he kind of snapped out of it a little bit. Yeah. And, like, kneeled down so he could just put him, like, out of his misery, and he told, didn't he tell him to run? Yeah. Yeah, he told Tim to run. So, yeah, it's sad. Either way, I mean, this whole, this story is absolutely insane and horrible, but, you know, I I do, I feel like ambiguity in movies, if it's done well, can be very effective, and it can, I, I like movies that make you think, obviously, and, and kind of make you question things, but I think sometimes it's done poorly, but what it's making me think of another example of ambiguity being done well that we saw recently was Joker. Yeah. If you haven't seen Joker, please do. Cause I think it's a pretty damn good movie, but you kind of question as the main character, Arthur Fleck is going through all these trials and tribulations of life. You know, you wonder what's real and what's not you know, who he's really interacting with and who he's just obsessing with and what he's really doing and not doing. And it's it's very similar to this, I think, in that way. Yeah, so I, I was looking because I'm like, this would be, I'm surprised there hasn't been, like, I'm assuming it didn't make enough money, but it, it kind of did leave it open where there could be, like, a sequel to this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of horror movies now kind of rely on that. Because either you want to know the origin of things, or you... I think it made money, this movie. I just think that... I don't know. I mean, maybe Flanagan just doesn't want to make a sequel, because doesn't, he doesn't want it to be... But I feel like a lot of times, especially now with horror movies these days, like it's just kind of like the thing to do to make a sequel to a yeah. horror movie. But it's not necessarily necessary. No, it's not. Uh, not necessarily necessary. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could very easily make a sequel to this, but I feel like I feel like it's like this with any sequel to any genre. I feel like you have to have something new to say. That's true. I, I just feel like Tim would try and get out of prison now and like, 
Yeah. But I feel like if they did a sequel, I feel like I wouldn't even necessarily want it with him. I feel like I would want to know, like, where the mirror ended up and what happened with, like, the next family or yeah. place they would end up with. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that also worries me, like, so, but the budget of this movie was $5 million. Roughly, yeah. And the box office made about 44 Right. So, so it, it made money. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a Blumhouse model. Blumhouse does that very well with their movies. Well, right, because they do. Because Blumhouse, I think Blumhouse was Paranormal Activity as well. And probably. But they did, like, even, even low budget. I mean, that's a lot of horror movies, I feel like. Well, no, they but have, they have, like, super low budget and then they, yeah. you know, make a real big profit. And that's why they make sequels, because it's easier to, or cheaper to make a horror movie and then make. A lot more money. Well, and then, but that's when you get certain ones get into trouble because then they get even crazier with the budget. Like you get like a Freddy vs. Jason budget. Yeah, well, that's a whole other animal. Well, yeah. Thing and that had like CGI and shit in it too. Yeah, that's why. That's when you get like a budget that gets a little overinflated and crazy. I feel like a lot of the best horror movies, especially of late, are like super simple and like they probably are really like pretty cheap. Comparatively to other movies to make. Well, especially in this one, you figure of all the characters, you mm-hmm. really have only four actors that really matter. Well, you have well, really, uh, six. I mean, you have six. Yeah, Sorry, six. I, forgot, I, uh, I would say six. So the I was young and the old. Yeah, I was counting them. them as one character. Right. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you you're have saying. four characters that matter. There's six actors, so it's not really like you have to pay right anybody super. Like, right, and no, there's like Chris them, Evans in this. Yeah, none of them are like well known. The be- the most well known is probably uh, Karen Gillian, but she wasn't even that big at this point. The no. only thing she had done really big was Doctor Who. Um, so you can get away with that. I think this was her first like American role, actually. And that's why a lot of horror movies get away with that. They cast younger stars right. yeah. and makes Absolutely. it makes life a little easier. You know, you don't get that's why you don't get a Chris Evans or a Robert Downey Jr. in one of these right. movies. Right, but even think about like older horror movies. Like that, people look back at now and that as like classics. Like you have like The Shining, yeah. Like what we mentioned before, pretty uh, simple premise, pretty nothing crazy really. It's just them in a hotel, very Going psychological, crazy. obviously. Um, but yeah, it's not a whole lot of like I feel like expensive uh, effects. In well, that. the the only expensive thing is that Kubrick shot like eighty fucking takes of like every oh, well, shot. Oh yeah, that's a whole other thing. Kubrick too, but um, and then you have like let's say like Halloween, it's another pretty simple premise yeah. that people look at as a classic now. That really I'm sure was incredibly cheap to make. If you look at that movie, I'm sure it was well, super cheap to make. That early Friday the Thirteenth, right? So yeah, I feel like maybe in horror, you know, less is more for the most part. Yeah. But then again, I mean, you look at the Paranormal Activity and it's like most boring fucking... I mean, I know some people like Paranormal Activity, but I found it to be the most boring fucking movie I've ever seen. I never cared to... I've watched a little bit of the first one, but yeah, I, I never cared. I watched the first one, and I just couldn't. I was like, how are there fucking five of these? Like, I don't understand. And yeah, I never got the point of it. I never really wanted to. Yeah, but the, I mean, that started the whole thing of like... Well, not really, because they had Blair Witch Project, too. I've never seen that, so... Uh, I honestly... Blair Witch, because Blair Witch did start the found footage kind of, like, craze. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like now that's getting, like, passe. Like, people are over that now. It is much. getting passe. I like the Blair Witch theory. And it always, it makes that, that 
the two guys killed the girl, and that was the plan the whole time. Yeah, I never heard that theory till recently, but that seems interesting. I again, I'm not like super. I, I'm familiar with Blair Witch as far as like the premise and like kind of what happens, but I don't. I'm not like super well versed. Oh, that might be a movie. Might move. I don't care. Fucking found footage, like it bores me. Like I've never found. I'm trying to think of a found footage movie that I actually enjoy. I can't think of one. <laughs> like. I, I've seen Cloverfield. Cloverfield was okay. I never saw that one either. Um, I had no desire, though. Again, I'm not really, like, a big horror movie gal myself. Well, Cloverfield's not really a horror I movie. I tend to like, like, the horror movies that are horror and something else. Like, horror and, like, this one, psychological thriller. Or, like, horror and comedy, like, um, uh, like, Cabin in the Woods or yeah. T- uh, Tucker and Dale. Yeah, Tucker and Dale's um, yeah, I remember when you first showed me that movie, you showed me, like, the cover, and I was like, this looks like the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen, and I'm it, not watching this, and then I watched it, and I loved it. Yes. So. Which means you should trust me more. Um, okay, sure. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Again, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but, um, I, I am glad I watched it again, because I really liked it. I like, I like the psychological fuckery. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely very well done. There's a clear reason why Mike Flanagan is blowing the hell up. Yeah, he's blowing up a lot right now, especially now that he's doing Doctor Sleep, which I feel like is gonna be. I feel like when we do see this, because we're seeing it like opening, like I'm so excited for Doctor Sleep. I can't even tell you, like, yeah, and like I didn't even start. I read the book, uh, like last month, and I haven't really read a lot of Stephen King. I think Doctor Sleep was like the first or second. Stephen King book I really read but I loved the book so I'm sure I'm gonna really love the movie but yeah I'm like I'm so ready for it but I feel like when we do see it like tonally and like direction wise we're gonna see a lot of similarities with Oculus just because Dr. Sleep is very psychological like well fuckery like well that's the thing about The Shining too The Shining is that way too exactly and Mike Flanagan plays very well with that like you don't know what's going on what's real what's not real that's what that's what the shining was because in uh the whole thing about the shining that was it room thir- whatever it's called room 237 i think that's what it's called it's, it's 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 like that but in that documentary they talk I do about i want to watch that i've never seen it i want to watch it they talk about how the hotel changed and yes, like I've, I've heard that, like yeah. the the layouts never kind of the same and it, it's kind of weird because in the the reason for that is the shining well the outside of the hotel is a hotel in colorado i believe mm-hmm. the inside of it was like four or five different hotels or lots that were shot in different places yeah that movie is like it's very interesting. I know, like, you know, we're kind of getting off topic, but The Shining is, like, it's it's not, like, a traditionally scary movie. Um, it, it's more scary because of the psychological implications of it and just, like, the tone of the whole thing. So I, I, I enjoyed that a lot when I watched it. I, I've only seen it, like, maybe a couple years ago, but it was... For the first time. It was really good. There was a point in this movie. Because mm-hmm. I wrote it down in my uh, little notes I do when I like scribble things just like to remember things. Where the mother sits down at the father's desk. Mm-hmm. And like goes through his papers oh, on yeah, his desk. Yeah, yeah. And he, he has scribbled a bunch of like, 
this is totally a shining, like... Yeah, it did seem very, like, shining-esque. Because where she, Jack's typing... Because if you think about it, like, he's Jack in the Shining. He's holed up in the, like, hotel, like, one of the rooms in the hotel, writing his screenplay or whatever. And in this movie, Dad is constantly holed up in the office doing God knows what with this fucking mirror and slowly but surely just going more insane. So it is very, like, Shining-esque. So, do you think Mike Flanagan was, like, secretly in the back of his mind, like, I'm going to audition for <laughs> Well, let, let's put it this way. I think his, he, Mike Flanagan has become more and more well-known for his horror ventures between this and Hush and Haunting, Hill, Haunting of Hill House. Like, I think definitely, like, his... Uh, his resume up to this point definitely got him the job with Dr. Sleep. Oh, yeah. Indeed. And if you see, the like, just the trailer for Dr. Sleep, like, first of all, the trailer made me happy because I could tell that it was going to be pretty much loyal to the book, yeah. which made me happy, but also, like, you can tell it's going to be, like, a fucking mind fuck. Oh, yeah. Which makes me super happy. And also, I mean, I've talked about this before on our other podcast, 17 Milligrams, but I love uh, fucking Ewan McGregor, so I'm I'm Indeed. so ready for this movie. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, like the fact that Mike Flanagan is behind it, I'm definitely, I, I'm so relieved because he's a great writer and director. Yeah. And I think that's what I like too. I like someone who like knows what they want as far as their vision and makes it happen. Like he not only did the writing directing, but he did the editing himself as well. So I think, I think this is going to be... I think if Oculus and Hush and his other projects are any indication, I think Dr. Sleep is going to be good. Yes, indeed. Uh, I can't deny that, and it should be great. So out of five stars, what do you rate Oculus? Um, I would rate it... Like, I would rate it a four. Okay. I was leading about like... I was going to say three and three quarters, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, I gave Mama Mia three and three quarters. I can't give this three and three quarters. I gotta give it a four. Yeah, I was gonna lean on three and three quarters. All right, that's 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 fair. <laughs> uh, I gave Mama Mia three. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> All right, so yeah, I I'm happy I watched this. I feel more prepared for Doctor Sleep now, honestly. <laughs> Indeed, it, it's definitely good to get this more of a sense of Mike Flanagan's style. I'm surprised at myself that I. We went through this whole episode, and I did not make one Doctor Who Amy Pond joke. I'm very, I'm very uh, proud of myself. You did mention Doctor Who a couple times. Well, I just mentioned her being in it. Like, that's yeah. what people know her from. Do you need? Uh, do you want one? More, yeah. more cultured people know her from Doctor Who. It's, you know, fucking uncultured swine know her from. Guardians. I know her from Doctor Who. Okay? Uncultured swine? Are you calling me an uncultured swine? Yes, because you don't watch Doctor Who. I do not. Hmm. I tried, people. I tried to get him to watch Doctor Who. He wasn't having it. No. Fuck you, then. When there was a face stretched over a, a couple of bars being rolled <laughs> into the room. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I... Oh, we're putting a clip of that in there. <laughs> Moisturize me. My resurgence. My lovely boys. It's too hot! Oh. Raise the temperature. Oh, have pity! <laughs> That's iconic. Alright. So, 
next week, we're going to have Scott torturing me with a new movie. Yes. This uh, will be fun. We're going to have that, and then at another point, we're probably going to do... Yes, we, we talked about this on 17 milligrams, but I think after next week's episode, we're going to try and give a review of Jojo Rabbit to you guys, because we saw that recently, and we absolutely loved it, so... We, you know, we don't want to just do older movies. We also want to do new movies because we love going to the movies. Yes. So. And who knows if we fall in love with Dr. Sleep. Who knows if that might get I one mean, at maybe. some point. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll do like a double. Maybe we'll do like a double review. With, oh, uh, boy. JoJo and Dr. Oh, Sleep. Oh, boy. Like a new movie review. I don't know. We'll figure it out, guys. But yeah. So I'm excited. Yep. So Scott, start thinking about what movie you're going to torture me with. Okay, I, I have some ideas. Alright. Well, in the meantime, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We finally have a Twitter. We Yay! do. It's at Shoot the Flick. Yes, and so is um, our Instagram. Yes. Um, and also, make sure you check us out every Wednesday on Spotify, iTunes. We're on iTunes now. Google Podcast and Anchor. And make sure you come back next week. Check us out. We'll see you next.